Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, good morning as we gather here. We continue our series. We do that, we're going to begin with a question. The question for us this morning is this. When you hear the word perfect, what comes to mind? When you hear the word perfect, what comes to mind? Now, maybe you're looking at the person sitting next to you going, yeah, that's that person there. Or maybe you think about something like if you're preparing for college and depending where you're at as you prepare for college, you think about like, you know, the SAT score of 160 or the ACT of 36. When you hear the word perfect, what comes to mind? Well, this morning we continue our series on the Apostles' Creed again. You know, often when we use the Apostles' Creed week after week, it's kind of like we're sitting on top of the water on an inner tube. You know, we're going to dive a little bit deeper. We're not going to do the scuba diving. We're not going down and spending 30 or 40 weeks in the Creed. But we're kind of going to do that snorkeling. We're going to take a little deeper look into what it means for us to say, I believe. The last couple of weeks, we've been exploring the first article of the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. So today and over the next several weeks, we're going to explore the second article, I believe in Jesus and what that means for us. Let's go back to our question. When you hear the word perfect, what comes to mind? Is it something like, you know, the SAT, the ACT scores? Is it maybe perfect attendance, you know, at school, not missing one day of school? I know I had a lot of years in elementary school, got that award, perfect attendance. Or maybe think of something more like the Olympics, you know, those, those gymnasts, you know, who are doing their best, and they get the perfect 10 score. They nail the routine. Or if you're a golfer, you know, anyone ever have a perfect golf game? You know, that perfect golf game is a score of 54 on a par 72 course. Or maybe you think of somebody like Mary Poppins, right? If you're a fan of the Mary Poppins, you know, perfect almost every way. When I think of perfect, when I think of perfect, I think of guys like Edward um, Name. In 1770, he invaded, invented the rubber eraser. They used to use old bread to erase. And then in 1858, um, Hyman Lippmann invented that rubber eraser that was on the, you know, other side of the pencil. You know, a pencil, the great thing with a pencil is that you can write things and you can make mistakes. You can do what with them? You can erase them, right? You can remove them. And, and see, I, I, just, I think about that because I make a lot of mistakes in my life. I make a lot of sin in my life. And I think about as I do that how God you know, erases my sins, erases our sins in Jesus Christ. And so we do that. We're going to focus in part of the words we had that Shane read for us a little earlier, Hebrews 10, 10. Let's read these words together. We have been set apart as holy because Jesus Christ did what God wanted him to do by sacrificing his body once and for all. So we've been set apart as holy we have been sanctified. This would mean set apart as holy, made perfect. And here's the main point we're going to focus on today, that God sees you complete in Christ. Perfect. God sees you as perfect. God doesn't see you in your sin. He doesn't see me in my sin. He sees us as perfect, completely forgiven in Christ Jesus. Well, as you look at the, the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, is, there's a lot of deep theology 
You could spend just weeks kind of plowing through all of this. And in this book of Hebrews, we don't know exactly who wrote the book of Hebrews. Uh, one tradition says it was the Apostle Paul who wrote it, which makes sense because, you know, he had trained as a Pharisee, and it's got a lot of deep language. It reaches back into the Old Testament, into the Old Testament sacrificial system, and even all the way back way before the creation of the world as it leans into Psalm 40. But as I do that, we're going to talk about three key elements that are important for us in this portion of Hebrews that we're looking at. The first is the Day of Atonement. If you've heard of the Day of Atonement before, really quick, the Day of Atonement was that one day set aside where God's people would gather together to celebrate God's grace and forgiveness as they would come and it would be a way they would remember and acknowledge their sinfulness and how God had forgiven them. So year after year they would do that, and this is where they had the idea, if you've ever heard the term scapegoat, you know, they'd have this goat that had this red, you know, ribbon, you know, tied on it, and it would be sent off into the wilderness, and the sins, that's the sins of the people, and our sins are on that scapegoat. And so our sins and the sacrificial system, the bulls and the lambs and all those animals that were sacrificed year after year after year, and this is what the author of Hebrews is getting at, all of those didn't forgive your sins. They were a shadow of what was to come. They pointed to what God's ultimate plan was. Same thing with the Day of Atonement connected to that is the mediator. That is the priest. The priest was the mediator between God and the people. So, you know, he was on behalf of the people speaking to God and on behalf of God speaking to the people. He was the one that mediated and made that promise, that pronouncement of God's grace and forgiveness. So we have the David Atonement, we have the mediator, and then we have, of course, mentioned this a little earlier, the sacrifice. There, there were all those animals that were sacrificed, you know, and as they were sacrificed, their blood was shed. But again, all of those sacrifices, year after year, decade after decade, after century after century, did not offer the forgiveness of sins. They were a shadow of what was to come. They pointed to God's greater plan, how God was going to make us complete and perfect, 100% forgiven in Jesus. And it does that as we hear this in the words of Psalm 40, and what this author of Hebrews does, quotes a portion of the words of David who wrote this psalm, but if you listen to these words in this psalm, it really isn't David that is speaking here. This is Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, who is speaking about God's plan established before the creation of the world. Let's read verse 6 together. You were not pleased with sacrifices and offerings. You have dug out two ears for me. You did not ask for burnt offerings or sacrifices for sins. So let's unload this verse just a little bit really quick. You were not pleased with sacrifices and offerings. Again, those sacrifices, those offerings that they did, they themselves did not offer, did not give forgiveness. That was symbolic. It pointed to what God was going to do. And then it says, you know, you dug out two ears for me. And, you know, by the way, this is the Septuagint translation, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. So the people there were Greek and they were using the Septuagint. So a little bit different verbiage that's used here for this Psalm 40. But you dug out two ears for me. This is talking about even before Jesus became the incarnate Word of God. You know, we celebrate that at Christmas. Not that far away if you think about that. That this was the promise that the Savior was coming. 
promised that Jesus was going to fulfill the Father's plan and step into our world as he stepped into our world in flesh. He did not ask for burnt offerings or a sacrifice for sin. Now that sacrifice, those sacrifices, those burnt offerings did not cover the price of sin, but pointed to the one who would come, the one who John said when he saw Jesus, he said, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Those three key elements are important for us to understand that as we reach back there. And again, Psalm 40, let's move on to verse 7. Then he said, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll of the book. So again, you know these words of Jesus saying, I have come. He said, I have already come, even though he hadn't come yet when these words were spoken. He has come. The promise that he would be here, the promise that his birth meant God stepping into our world as a sacrifice for our sins. And then verse 8. I'm happy to do your will, oh my God. Your teachings are deep within me. So this is Jesus again. Think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prays, you know, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus came to fulfill the will of the Father. To be the sacrifice. To be on that day when he suffered and died. To be the day of atonement and to be our one and only mediator so what does that mean for us again it means that we are perfected in christ verse 14 of hebrews let's read these words together for by a single offering he has perfected all the times those who are being sanctified by this one single offering by the offering of his perfect life of obedience He's the one that is perfect, sorry, Mary Poppins. The one that completely obeyed the Father's will and then offering himself as the perfect sacrifice. This is that truth that is important for us. God sees you as complete in Christ. Perfect. Completely, perfectly forgiven. So often we strive and struggle to show, you know, God that we've got some kind of value we can offer and God says you can't offer anything but I offer you everything. In Jesus. God sees you as complete and perfect. Three important points to this. First is you are completely forgiven. You know, again, go back to that piece of paper and that eraser. God has removed all of your sins, all the blemishes, all of our wrongdoings. doesn't matter how often, how repetitive we are in those sins. doesn't matter whether they're small or big, whether we remember them or forgotten them. God has forgiven every sin. You are completely forgiven. Secondly, you have a special access to God. Jesus is our mediator. We don't need to jump through all kinds of hoops or kind of, you know, funky dances or movements to come to our God in prayer. And think about the things we're going through right now in our society, in our culture, you know, in your life right now, whatever it is that is going on in your life. You have complete access to God in prayer. And that's why we pray our prayers, because our mediator is Jesus. We say, we pray this in the name of who? Jesus, because God hears and answers the prayers in Jesus. And the other is this, you have a purpose. We have a purpose. Our purpose is in the grace that God has given to us and living out that grace. It is us living and sharing the love that he has for us in his son, Jesus Christ. You know, in our congregation, in our families, in our schools, the places we work, in our community, even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of political unrest, even in the midst of economic uncertainties, we have a purpose that God has given us to share the grace 
and the love that He offers us and He offers the world in Jesus Christ. Once again, I just want you to hear this. God sees you as perfect, as complete in Christ. You are perfectly forgiven. God doesn't see your sins. He sees you as complete and perfect in Christ. So here's the challenge for us as we go forward this week. How will knowing you are completely forgiven change how you live this week? You know what, folks? It should change how we live each and every day. But I want you to give that some thought. Maybe you don't think about that all the time. But today and this week, really think about that. Really ask yourself, how will knowing that I am completely forgiven, and you are, I want you to say that with me right now, I am completely forgiven. I am completely forgiven. At home, you do the same thing. I am completely forgiven. And how will that change how you live this week? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the perfect sacrifice. You are the perfect mediator. Your death is the perfect day of our atonement and the atonement of the sins of the entire world. We thank you that we are completely forgiven. We pray that this, pray that this forgiveness truly changes the way we live. As we live with one another, as we live and share the love and grace you share with us, Jesus, we pray this in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.